0: Uh, I almost, i don't know, dude. I—I kind of feel like this might be the first episode <laughs> where we don't have anything to say.
1: I don't. There's nothing remarkable happens in this movie. I mean, let's just go ahead and do the intro and just kind of see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe we don't even. We'll see where we go.
0: Riding the garage. I'm Corey Cole.
1: I'm Freddie Woff.
0: This is episode forty-eight. Forty-eight. Jesus Christ. And uh, we're still in our '90s action movies, and and we're having a fun time with that. And that all came to a screeching halt. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we
1: were we were we were having so much fun with this. This. Uh, I.
0: I I don't have anything really shitty to say about it, but it's, and it's not—I don't know, dude. You, you think with you think with all the people in it, it's boring. It's super boring. It's it's—I can't tell you. Maybe the last. he
1: erases you with his boredom. Uh, um,
0: I totally. This totally fits nicely into better remember, remember better. Oh yes. And our whole whole shtick, because I'll just get out, come out, and say it. I don't remember it being this terrible. I just don't. I
1: yeah, man. I I remember. I I remember. I saw it in the theater, and I liked it. I mean, I didn't love it. It was. It was. It wasn't. You know. It, I didn't think it was up to snuff. You know, but I still thought it was entertaining. You know, you get James Coburn. There, there's a lot of fun. You know, it's got all the pieces. It's
0: got a great poster. It does have a great poster, and you know, here, here's what's funny. Okay, honestly, at this point, Vanessa Williams, who's quote unquote. In peril in this, and she's actually the best part of the movie. Hundred percent. I was just gonna say, and and it surprised me because she took it seriously, but she didn't. You know, she wasn't like super snarky about anything when when she needed to be. She just, she goes, she just. Well, I think because I expected nothing from her in this, she ended up being really good. And I'm like, oh, okay. And you see, she's like one of the first what half a dozen people you see in the movie.
1: Yeah. No, No, you see her in the first five minutes after the cold open.
0: Right. There's definitely a lot of trust in what she was going to be delivering from the camera. After that, I don't know, man, I, I, this feels like that block of movies that Schwarzenegger did in the 90s, in the mid 90s, it just feels like, oh, man, you're just you're just dialing it in, man. You're just <laughs> right. I mean, where, where was the point? I mean, like what, there was true? OK,
1: True Lies and T2, those early 90s, right? Yeah, you, And then everything after just kind of isn't so great.
0: No, yeah. I think True Lies was the last thing he did before this, right? Yes. 94? Right before this, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm going to chalk up this failure on the fact that it's got too many writers, dude. Too many cooks in a kitchen? <laughs> yeah, this definitely falls. This, I think this is the first time we've come across a movie where it really falls into those studio tropes uh, too many writers that this is a time where you're throwing money at something that just doesn't fix it. And Yeah, totally. It, I mean, dude, you had the original writer, uh Tony Pereira, and then there's a rewrite by two dudes from Law and Order. Yeah, the T V show Law and Order, which is all great and everything, but come on. As I was doing a little more research, I found that some uncredited rewrites belong to William Wisher, of course, best known for doing Terminator 2, since we just talked about that. Graham Yost, who just before that had a a big hit and became this guy that everybody looked to. of course, was the movie Speed. His career spun off of that. Um, He was a writer, television writer before that, but after that, he just blew up. Frank Mm -hmm. Darabont, of course, not a big surprise since he is director Chuck Russell's uh, partner in crime often back then. And Sir John Milius got involved, and I'm sure uh, because of Arnold. Arnold probably brought him in saying, do something for me. Give me a Conan speech, man. (laughs) Yeah. We've never... Okay. We're going to mention something we haven't talked about in a while, but Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet may be not what we thought it was going to be or not as remembered it when we were younger, but we still talked about it for three and a half hours. I don't know if... Uh, it was at least fun. It was fun. Right? I mean Yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out where to even go with this. I I think we might be at a crossroads where like this is the first time that we've uh, come across something we don't really have anything to say about.
1: Yeah, it's weird, man. There's a it's gotta start so let's 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 talk about let's let's concentrate on the things that were good. I mean, there's not a ton of them, so it you know, it it'll still be brief, but um you know, uh, the casting, there's some there's some interesting casting. Yeah. Um yeah. although it feels kind of like the studio just kind of threw people in the movie. Um like Coburn, who is totally wasted in this movie.
0: Yeah, I can't, you know what I feel like with him being in this? It feels like, James Cromwell. Yeah, and Cromwell, dude, what a weird time. Like, what did you stick him in just so he can say fuck? I guess. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, I, exactly. I mean, what, and uh, this was, this was two years before, uh, or a year before LA Confidential, maybe? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say Vanessa
0: Williams. She's she's very good. She's very, very good in the movie. And
1: then, you know, Arnold's Arnold and he's doing, you know, uh, through no fault of Arnold, uh, is, you know, he's just doing his thing and he's doing it the way you'd want him to do it. The other thing I really kind of love in this movie is Robert Pastorelli who uh you know most people are probably familiar with from murphy brown or like you and i uh striking distance but uh you know he's fun in it
0: i lost my uh my mic for a minute there
1: yeah you did i thought you hung up on
0: me no, after i said robert weird. pastorelli was fun no that's why because i i was trying to talk and i looked up and i'm like why are you still talking when i'm trying to talk i couldn't hear you at all because you couldn't couldn't hear me what the fuck see even clean feed doesn't want us to record this. no it's it's erasing it right now <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I am recording, right? Yeah, okay. (laughs) When Pastor Lee shows up at the very beginning, again, not really giving a shit about Murphy Brown, but I still knew he was because it was kind of hard to miss him because he was the flavor of the month at that time. Yeah, totally. To to put in a movie like this. Um, But to get back to the James Coburn thing, uh, you know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of the Burt Lancaster hire in True Lies. Yeah. I kind of felt like it was one of those kind of things. And I felt bad. I'm like, I just, all I wanted to do at that point was just shut off Eraser and, you know, watch, you know, a Flynn movie, you know? I, I'm like, well, I like, I'd rather watch a Flint movie at this point.
1: You know, I, where my mind went when I saw Coburn was, God, why aren't we just watching Payback? <laughs> if we if we do talk we if we do payback i don't want to do the director's cut i think it sucks i like the original theatrical release
0: well i like them, i like them both just they're, they're but i don't look at them the same way
1: i can't watch this the, i can't watch the the director's cut i just find it unwatchable okay <laughs> for me i don't know why i mean uh i guess i don't know it just the movie doesn't work as well for me i kind of i don't know i've only seen it once and i didn't think that it was worth the viewing. I was just like, I felt like I would have rather watched the first version again.
0: Again, so there are some really odd casting choices like we've already mentioned. But then you start seeing the usual people that you usually see in a movie like this. Yep. You know, Nick Chenlin, big surprise that he shows up in there.
1: Joe Vitarelli. Yeah. As Tony Two Toes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Danny Nucci, like this is like one of the first times we've seen him in anything like since he came became an adult in grew pubes or something. And, you know, we're just a couple of years away from him being in Titanic and living a very short life down in the, in the gallows of the Titanic and drowning.
1: Right. And wh- and who's the, wh- who's the, who's the, uh, not uh, John Leguizamo character who gets killed on the airplane, who was kind of, you know, popular for about 15 minutes during the nineties. You know who I'm talking about?
0: That's Danny Nucci. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that was, I, I just remember his face
0: more than I remember his name.
1: Michael Papa John who, uh, Probably you don't know, but he, he's he's also in Unhinged.
0: Mark Ralston, you see uh, very the very beginning. His first initial is J, and his last name was Scar. And guess what he's got on his face? Yes. You know Mark Ralston. Mark Ralston is is from Aliens. He's one of the Colonial Marines that you see when uh, Hicks blows out uh, one of the aliens' faces with his shotgun and sprays acid all over Mark Ralston, and then he dies.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Much more memorable than this. His moments are good and I like him in it. It's just not, he's just not in it enough.
1: Yeah, totally. Andy Romano shows up, who I knew mostly from Major League and the Under Siege movies, I guess, or the second Under Siege movie, because I'm still not sure I've ever seen the first one.
0: First Major League, really?
1: No, the first Under Siege. Oh. <laughs> i like, you haven't seen the,
0: did I say, did I say Major League? I've
1: only seen the first Major League. I haven't seen any of the <laughs> other Major Leagues. Let's clarify that.
0: Oh, poor minor league.
1: Nah, yeah, I never saw it.
0: I didn't see that. I, know. I think I saw the second one. Yeah.
1: The second one, they replaced Wesley Snipes with Omar Epps. Is that right?
0: Maybe. I don't know, dude.
1: Yeah, maybe I've seen that one, but I never saw the one with Scott Bakula.
0: No, that, that's the third one. I think it's the one. Yeah, I've never... Gosh, no. I would never watch that. What else was interesting about this movie? Um, oh, the fictional company in it that has developed the... Uh, baddies electromagnetic pulse rifle or rail gun and they refer to a bunch in it. I love how they say rail gun in it. Oh, you mean a rail gun? Like I am supposed like the, Oh yeah. Like, like we're supposed to know what that means. Right. I mean, the, you, what would,
1: what would have been fun and what I kind of made up in my own head was that was the uh, weapon that Arnold was trying to retrieve from uh, the pawn shop in Terminator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good okay if there's anything that holds up in this movie is the effect of that gun
1: yeah totally it's the only thing that holds up effects wise
0: the gun still works oh i'm still okay with the whole x-ray through the building and the body kind of thing that still works you know it's hard to watch like total recall now when you have the x-ray screen because it's a little it's a little yeah. a little blocky but this still works i mean for a movie that came out in 96 cool the alligator scene in it works mostly until you see some really bad CG in there.
1: Yeah, right at the end of it.
0: The animatronic gators they use are really, really good. But that's expected in 96. You yeah, expect that to look good because, you know, the the studio system hadn't failed any of the practical shops yet, but they will soon enough. Yes. Other than that, eraser is basic and unfortunately like a lot of basic nineties movies the action is actually not there. <laughs> it's really boring,
1: right? I mean, even the action is there. I feel like I I'd seen it ten times between ninety two and ninety six, but maybe just better versions of it. Like yeah. the whole airplane sequence where the plane, yeah, you know, where he it's it's all kind of lackluster. And if you could tell me, man, that that, that plane can turn around, turn this plane around, oh dude, <laughs> like they could turn that plane, make a
0: U turn, and it real when it happens i thought no you're not no you can't do that come on i i know things yes i I can't you can't do that basic math (laughs) so for like the third time out of the last five or six maybe further back than that if you're counting kickstart episodes we have another really good aerial stunt oh yeah that is again involving a parachute (laughs) yeah right it's good yes when he gets gift wrapped? On his own. Well, by the plane that couldn't by the, ju- by they the, have been by, able to turn around. by the wake, by the air wake <laughs> of the uh, jet. <gasps> oh man. Um but this is your standard fare, this whole thing, you know? You got Arnold who's this who's a US Marshal in it, part of the you witness security protection program or WITSEC as they like to affectionately call it, because they don't want to keep saying witness security protection program over and over again.
1: God, I can't blame them.
0: Even though most movies and television shows have no problem saying witness protection, which is fine. Yeah. But. <laughs> you want to sound upgraded from TV. Sure. Sure. That sounds fair, right? Uh, anyway, I was mentioning earlier, the, the, the fictional uh, company in the Cyrex was actually called Cyrex. But unfortunately, Cyrex was a legitimate company. Uh, I was at the time with their immediate competitors to Intel. And they said, you gotta change your name. So they ended up doing a lot of CG work, bunch of ADR to loop out the word Cyrex to Cyrez with a Z. Anyway, so Arnold is his top US Marshal for, for WIT 2nd. And his job is to erase high profile witnesses, you know, faking their deaths to protect them from anyone who might silence them.
1: Right, they're trading their lives, they're trading information in fact for a free clean life somewhere else.
0: Uh not unlike My Blue Heaven. I would actually say this movie is n- is nothing
1: like My Blue Heaven, but other than that, yes.
0: Yes. And, and My Blue Heaven has more has better action scenes and better songs. Yes. And we get to see some fun dancing in it too.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I wish we could get some dancing in this. That would probably would a livened thing.
1: At the end of this at the end of the episode, we should name all the movies that we would have rather watched. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, silver bullet <laughs> there that's a starter and they if we're
1: that's the yes if we're starting there there's nowhere to go
0: no there is nowhere to go anyway maybe solo with mario van Peebles.
1: yeah i mean i gotta say man solo is a lot more fun than than the racer
0: <laughs> well the whole movie just kind of starts off with a very long opening credit sequence like really long where they're just having fun with their lens flares and lights and 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 fonts and stupid shit It was so dumb i'm like oh man let's let's make this movie longer right oh yeah you're just whetting your appetite i think they did that to make you think that once you finally got to some action it was that much more impactful
1: right that it was all going to be okay
0: it doesn't make a difference i try to remember what happens in the beginning oh yeah it was pastorelli right uh well it starts.
1: It's him and a, a woman. We I guess we're thinking it's his wife and they're they're about to be killed. They're about to be oh, hit that's by the right. mob.
0: Right, right. They're already been rounded up and kind of standing around. Yep. Yeah, they're t- they're kind of tied up and tied to chairs and they're about to be executed. Is this when Arnold shorts up at the door with the with his Nope. Arnold comes through the
1: like skylight.
0: Oh yeah. The balloon things later. Yeah. The balloon thing. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll get to that. Will we? Are we gonna make it this far? Uh yeah, right. You're gonna kill off the Murphy Brown's handyman. Handyman. Arnold comes crashing through the skylight. Comes crashing through the skylight. It's it,
1: <laughs> it, you know, it's such a weird thing because when you see the exterior of the house, you're like, that house would never have a it's not big enough to have a skylight, but hey, whatever. Oh my god. Or maybe that's you know that's the right house because I, I was like what the fuck it was so weird um, yeah and then he's pouring movie blood he kills dispatches a bunch of hoodlums and then
0: it takes pictures
1: lay down look play de- <laughs> look dead <laughs> pour this on yourself <laughs> and he's pouring movie blood on these people
0: yeah because that's believable yeah anyway so there you are <laughs> there you go there's your there's your opening that's what Arnold does he he erases people with corn syrup. Food coloring, red dye number five, and and a smile, <laughs> and then you know you. Uh, I think I think they even say you've been erased, right? You've been erased, man. This is one of those times I really wish they would have just called it erased, which is probably was supposed to be called to begin with, because you say it like five times. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh I, man, I would have loved that.
1: Yeah, and but no one ever says, "Oh yeah, that's uh." That's John Kruger,
0: the eraser. And by the way, thank you. There's actually, I, I want to know which one of these ghostwriters of Darabont, Wisher, Yost, or Milius, it had it in the, their good sense to get rid of the terrible name that Schwarzenegger probably had. You know, because this is 96, man. You know he has some lame-ass name. Oh, yeah. That action movie name that we've been talking about because everybody else in the movie does.
1: Yes, his name was probably John
0: Kukulororis. (laughs) But it makes sense. Kruger. All right, dude, you're European. All right, I'm good with that John Kruger. Nice and simple. I took it as a Chuck Russell throwback to Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) Three, the Dream Warriors, Kruger. Am I wrong? (laughs) Let's blame Darabont then. Yeah, there you go. That's Darabont. I'm just saying,
1: I that I kept laughing. Every time they said John Kruger, I just kept laughing. Because yeah. it also sounds like John Kruger, Mellencamp.
0: <laughs> Which would have been awesome, too.
1: Yeah. His name, I wish it was John Kruger, Mellencamp.
0: If this movie was made in the mid-80s, they actually would have made that reference. They would have just said John Kruger, because wouldn't he even change his name until when? Uh,
1: he changed his name like in, I think, what, 89? Like, was the last, uh, last album he had made as John Kruger.
0: And then he became John Kruger, Mellencamp. John Kruger. <laughs> Everyone's like on, on Apple Music going Spotify. <laughs> Who the hell is John Kruger Mellencamp? I can't find him anywhere. There's just John, it's just John Kruger guy. <laughs> is that the same guy?
1: <laughs> Look, uh, for the rest of this episode, he's John Kruger Mellon Camp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Kruger. Oh he has that song, Not So Pink Houses. Yeah. <laughs> Little Pink Houses. <laughs> little pink hussies. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's because little pink hussies, man, because that's, that's who he's erasing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, little pink hussies. Uh, later on in the movie, we'll, we'll run into to Pastorelli again in his new life because now Mr. John Kruger Mellencamp needs his assistance. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's going to happen because it, again.
1: Sure, you know, you're going to see Pastorelli either A, He's gonna show up and try to kill him, or he'll need a favor.
0: Right, and because yeah, again, you 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 put it you put somebody you don't recognize in that opening scene if you're yes. not gonna have him come right. Back. You don't anyway. put Robert
1: Pastorelli in that and then never see him again. I mean, uh, well, they did it to Cromwell.
0: <laughs> well, in the very next scene, right? Yeah. So weird. Yeah, I think Cromwell probably maybe he had a bigger part in the movie. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe some flashbacks or whatever. But man james cromwell i think was just dying after he made babe you know playing such a chill dude and he is a he's a sweetheart he is uh, a, a brick wall above over the top in this movie and it's just mm. i want to say fuck you know i just oh my god
1: dude yeah he's like he's i mean
0: yes I'm with and you. I want eat and then I wanna eat a bullet
1: <laughs> I'll only do this if I can swear and get out of it in less than five minutes. one day's work.
0: My idea is that i am going to put the i'm gonna put the wheel gut in my mouth and pull the trigger and I'm gonna blow the hole back of my head that it breaks the window behind me oh okay, sure if that's right. what you wanna do all right uh let's go ahead and do that Jimmy. Let's go ahead and do that for you by the way, are there enough Jameses in this movie right you know it's it's like um. Uh, you you end up referring to everybody as their last name. You have to because there's like five Jameses in this movie. There's too many. And I the granted th- I'm talking about the actors and since we are we're so ambidextrous about about using their character name or using their you know their real names. But dude that James Coburn, James Cromwell, uh James con there's one more too. And I'm like, gosh, there's too many Jameses in this movie. But there's one Joe <laughs> other than Detroit, right. which we already mentioned. But uh, dude all right, so, yeah, you know, off Pastor Lee goes, and he's in his wife, I'm assuming. and
1: Or was, uh, yeah, and, yes, I mean, I guess it was his wife.
0: Yeah, or whatever. Or maybe it
1: was just a girl he was with, because he's, a, you know, he's just kind of a skeezy mobster.
0: Yeah, because, yeah.
1: She maybe just was there by accident and was going to get killed
0: anyway. <laughs> Probably. You're just fooling you're just fooling around, right?
1: Yeah, he's, you know, somebody, Tony no his <laughs> sister or something, who knows.
0: Well, next time we see uh, John Kruger Mellencamp, he's uh, with uh, James Coburn. He's a yeah. Co, Jimmy C. But I can't call him Jimmy C in this because there's no Jimmy C in this movie. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I know, man. They ruined it. I can't even be cute about it. No. Fucking eraser. Right. There's three of them, Jimmy C's. Oh, there is. Yeah. They're all Jimmy C's. They're all Jimmy C's. Dude, maybe this is the sixth day with the clones. I wish it was The Sixth Day. <laughs>
1: I, I have to say, I think I enjoyed The Sixth Day more than this. Uh, yeah,
0: because you like the movie, because it's the clone of my clone, and you're the clone of the other clone. Which one are you? <laughs> Seriously, dude, that mad TV skit's like the best ever. Who are you? So we see James Coburn uh, plays Chief Arthur Beller, just Chief Beller, and they refer to him just Beller. Beller, and what's weird about it? Does this seem like a really ham-fisted setup right here, where he just goes? Uh,
1: yes, I'd like extra mail on my ham fist, please. Yeah, it was like,
0: oh, okay, hey, so, uh, hey, John, I'm gonna send you to go protect this Lee Cullen, cat, or lady. Uh, that's Vanessa Williams. Like she's uh over at the Cyrus Corporation, and we set up this whole FBI sting to.
1: It went real bad, John Kruger, Mellencamp. but it hasn't gone bad yet. I thought it went bad. I thought we saw it go bad before they had this conversation. No,
0: no, no, no. No, he was already telling her, I need you to, I didn't remember. He said, I just to keep you under wraps until you testify. Um... Like he, like Coburn assigned him to it, even though he definitely, she wasn't necessarily witness protection. He was just, just protect her for the, for the interim until we can get her on the stand, which is weird. But that, that's when we kind of cut to her at Syres, getting ready to go in. And she's working for the FBI now. And. She's all mic'd up and cameraed up and she's just going to go in there. And again, this is going to sound really funny to people maybe 10 years ago, but really going to sound funny to people. Here we are. How many years later? Twenty, Almost 25 years later. 24, 25 years later. Back when they, in 96, when you didn't burn the CDs, right? That, was, that wasn't a, not an expensive endeavor. That's what she's doing. That's how she's gathering her information. She's going into this, this vault, if you will, that requires some serious security clearance. Goes in there, and her plan is for her to burn this little mini CD, if you've ever seen a mini CD. It looks like the CD singles from back in the day. Uh, again, I am, I'm probably confusing a lot of people, or, or at least they're Googling it at this point. CD single? A CD single. What's a CD? CD single? <laughs> it's like a cassette single. What's a cassette (laughs) anyway? So she goes in there to burn this thing and she's all ready to pack it in and bail. But she goes, you know what? I'm going to make a copy. And so she makes a copy of it and off she goes. But unfortunately, like uh, the whole time that she's in this vault, the FBI can't see her. So they're, they're super concerned because of all the the lead walls and security and interference that is uh, causing interference with her camera and all the communication devices that she has strapped over her chest or her stomach or her leg or where the fuck they put everything. But she gets what she needs and out she comes and she's almost out of the building. And she gets stopped by this guard who gets a lot of FaceTime in this movie, three or four different times in the movie. And uh, she says, hey, you know what? Uh, Donahue wants to see you. And she goes, well, tell him I'll call him in a moment. No, he goes, he said now. And she gets upstairs and, oh, there's, hey, it's James Cromwell. Look at that. Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy C. C. Jimmy C. Part two, uh, Jimmy C. Two, because we already have Jimmy C. One, Jimmy C. Two, J C. Two. Oh, we're making this movie so much cooler than it really is.
1: Yes, <laughs> well, you know, come on, <laughs> that's
0: what we're here for. So Cromwell starts giving, uh, giving Lee a, a, you know, a hell of a time, like going, hey, you know what's going on with you? You know, you talk about trust and people, blah blah blah. I've known you for five years, blah. And she's like, "Bitch, I don't know what you're talking about." And then he goes, and he plays a video of her like going into the vault. He's just like starts getting threatening with his voice and saying shit to her. And right, he then he goes, "You don't know what you've done." And get an insert shot of her him opening a drawer and pulling out that uh, wheel gun, and he cocks it and says, oh, points it at her and like, "Oh, he's gonna shoot her." I'm like, well, he can't shoot her. I need, I saw a TV ad. I know she's like, she's the right. One he's protecting so." Well, I know she doesn't die here. Hey, is Arnold gonna come crashing through the ceiling? <laughs> I was like, "Where the fuck are the FBI
1: guys? Nobody's panicking. Nobody's rushing in. I mean,
0: get. Re- I mean,
1: they can hear what's going on, but, even if." Uh,
0: yeah, well, they finally they finally get there, but that's not until Cromwell puts the gun in his mouth and <laughs> blows a hole in the back of his head and blows out the window behind him, and right. Uh, obviously, they're high up too, because you're getting a vacuum suckage oh, yeah. of air out into the yeah. And then right at that point is when she opens the door and there's all the FBI people plus some of the, some of the guards that she saw downstairs. But there's your setup, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: And then we're off to the races. <laughs> uh, are we? We're off to the
0: erases. <laughs> well, anyway, she, could, she escapes. Cause they're trying to catch her and she, jumps. yeah, they're trying, they're not trying real hard though. No, they jump into the van and FBI off they go, dude. And how about that van?
1: Like, Hey, let's, that's pretty inconspicuous. It's the same gold as Jim Rockford's firebird.
0: Yeah. And then the, you right. The, just you get... sitting out there. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of vans with, with unusual paint jobs, at least the van at the end with the usual paint job was to draw attention. I think it was the same van. They just painted it purple. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. Uh, what's something else I wanted to point out about this? We we got one picture car. We went we went from nowhere to run, which has zero explosions. I mean, when I say explosions, I mean the only explosions that are happening or what's happening inside the chamber of the guns in the movie. That's that's yeah. the, that's the extent of the explosions in nowhere to run. This movie just—it's like a porno of explosions. It's just, <laughs> just fire <laughs> porn it's just constant except at the end and I'm jumping to the end. Cause that's just coming to mind since I'm talking about explosions and, and the abundance of them when they're at the warehouse, the dock, there's these superimposed digital fires. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrible in 96 looks really bad. Now, by the way, the Blu-ray is like a hair above a DVD, like a hair above. And the only benefit to having one over the other is at least you get a true 1080p out of it as opposed to you know a 16 by 9 up converted 480.
1: yeah there was a point where i was watching because i'm watching i told you i, I the, the, that that flipper dvd that has last boy scout on the other side i feel like there was a point while i was watching a racer where i could actually see damon
0: waynes <laughs> 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 you watched you watched last boy scout in reverse yeah, I think so. Again, and it was still got, better. Got to be, has to be better. It has <laughs> to. Be. <laughs> um, where are we? Uh, uh, we're, she's at home she, now, no, right? No, no, I, I, I forgot. Uh, so she gives she gives the FBI the the disc. They're like, uh, oh, but you know, of course, they don't know about the second disc. We see uh, Andy Romano, who plays uh, Daniel Harper in it, right? Right. He's able to get. He replaces the disc and. Uh, yeah, so fun stuff, right? All this fun stuff. And between all that, she refuses protection from, from, uh, from Kruger Mellencamp, right? She's like, I don't, I don't need your bullshit. I'm fine. And he's like... I'm fine. I'm going to call my friend. Look, don't bullshit me. That's what he said. Don't bullshit
1: me. <laughs> Dude, you know, we totally... Andy Romano was also in Drop Zone.
0: Oh, that's right. Right? Remember? Yeah. Andy Romano that
1: guy. He was in all those 90s like dude, action always. movies because he looked like cuz
0: okay, that's right. something else I want to point out too. Putting James Conn in this movie was so yep. stupid because it was so obvious dude, he he had, he's become Mal Pacino at this point. Yeah, right? And totally. that point in his career where he, he had one note and yeah, he's going to be the bad guy. Could you pick somebody else? I mean, it, there's no question that he's
1: like the bad guy either. It's just like you know, I mean, and I guess it's in the trailer to be fair, but still it's just like, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like it discredits John Kruger Mellencamp because he's not smart enough to fucking figure out he's dirty. Right. So then I'm like, then, then I stop caring about everybody <laughs> except for her. Wouldn't it be a
0: great moment for DeGarren being the bad guy to be revealed while they're at the cabin when he kills his own wit sec- witness? Yeah, <laughs> totally. That would have been the perfect reveal. Just that lie where it says you're, you're early goes, you're late, boom, and that's it. You're like, oh shit. Right. You know, God forbid you you have you're smart and you put an unknown person in, like say, oh, I don't know, a Hans Gruber part, right? And just say, you don't know what this guy's gonna do, and he's a total charming, he's gonna win your ass over. Put somebody in there that we recognize that we but we trust. You I don't trust Jimmy Kahn.
1: He's he's Sonny Corleone, dude. I, he's I know he's a hothead. I don't trust that guy. Don't trust him for anything. Damn it. Yeah, anyway. I, you know. And I just remember he also hates uh, he also hates those aliens that look like leopard headed melons. <laughs> 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 oh
0: my god. Are, are we ever gonna talk about alienation or are we just gonna skip it?
1: Oh, we should talk about it. Why All
0: right. not? All right. I like Do you t- not like it? I know I like the T V show more than I like the movie. I do too. I still can't get over who plays the alien. In the movie or yeah, in the TV show? In the movie. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. It still throws me off. Right. By the way, we don't have a decent Blu ray of that either. Nope. There is not one. Speaking of Blu rays, did you hear a Screen Archives bought Twilight? No. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yep. Well, that's good. My coworker, Corey, got a, um, a Screen Archives email saying that as of July 1st, they will own... All the titles?
1: Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yep. So I wonder what that does with the sale. I'm ne- I still haven't gotten my last order, and I keep getting emails telling me, it's going to be a while, and blah, 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 Please be patient. Yeah. Well, that's good news, though. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a bright point to this episode. <laughs> 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 oh, <shit. laughs> <laughs> Something to look forward to, except to besides the end.
0: We're For forty three minutes in, dude, and he hasn't even picked her up from the from her house.
1: Right? They haven't even, She hasn't even called her friend, the reporter, yet. <laughs> but I mean, isn't this real time? Because it felt like it was forty minutes before he picked her up in the movie.
0: Did we say this movie has no action in it? And it's boring, <laughs> other than a bunch of explosions. I could do my research on this. I was reading that Chuck Russell and Arnold were already working on something different when this property came to them. And I thought, why don't you do the other thing? <laughs> I only thing I could think of was that, well, I mean, wasn't whatever he was working on with Arnold. Wasn't that the first thing Chuck Russell did after the mask? I don't know. I mean, maybe it was the studio, you know, had to be because the mask was 94, right?
1: yeah and that was probably new line cinema right and they probably warner brothers probably said hey man we got this big and it was probably Uh, a movie that was going to get made and they you know
0: well i mean arnold was going to get a movie made in 94 or 95 all the way up to 2004
1: he was still getting movies made well she she's at home now she's told him fo i'm fine i can take care of myself and she calls her friend roma mafia who or Mafa, i out I forget what was her name, but I remember she her or CCH Pounder would show up in movies. You get one or the other. Sometimes you get both. You know, Roma, I remember from that TV show, The Profiler. And she's like, you know, she works for the newspaper and she's telling her, you know, go to the press, Blah, la la. So yeah, it's just like you know that you're never gonna see her again. She's just gonna she's either gonna die horribly on camera or horribly off camera.
0: Yeah, anytime you play a journalist in a movie, just count on yourself, you're gonna die at some point. Yeah, you're dead. She's like, oh, you know, uh, I, I could take care of myself. She calls her, her homegirl. And then she tries to run the disc from home. I got to say that some senior executive at Cyres at would have known that she put that disc in there. It was going to run some kind of tracer program. Right. Why did she think it was going to just work? I don't know. Weird. Yeah. The whole thing was like she was smart enough to know where to go in, how to burn the disc which doesn't seem like a really uh, obvious thing that you would know how to do back right. in 1996, but she does it, and she doesn't have to think that maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I, I might bring people to me. You would think. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but our but our boy Jerry Becker, our corrupt CEO, Eugene yeah. Morehart, um, he's the one that says, hey, could go track down this girl and, and murder her for us. Yeah, can you kill this bitch? This is where we get John Kruger, Mellencamp coming in and rest and saving the day with a bouquet of Mylar balloons. <laughs> right. So like, yeah, like, Hey, and
1: what, you know, first she's on the phone, right. And then she hears somebody creeping around upstairs. And instead of saying, Hey, there's somebody in the apartment with me. She just says, Oh, I have to go. Wouldn't you, if you, if you really thought that, wouldn't, and you're on the phone with somebody and you just had this conversation, wouldn't you say, Hey, look, there's somebody in my fucking apartment called the goddamn cops.
0: Right. But no, 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 no. Hey, I got to go. <laughs> and how did she not know that her boyfriend or husband or whatever the crap he was, was upstairs? Ex-boyfriend who just let himself in. I'm just here scrubbing up.
1: Yeah, but he let himself in. He even says it. Oh, I came for you, baby. Oh, I just thought I'd let myself in. And then, and then there's that whole like, well, we're finished. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I dude, my favorite thing is when she says, yeah, the FBI is here now. And then she looked out the window and there's a car, right? And then they cut back to the car and the windows smashed. Did they throw acid on the fucking cop in there? He's smoking. What did, they, what, what did they do to him? Why is there smoke coming off of the corpse in the fucking car? I was like, did they just cover his face with acid? Uh, dude, don't make me watch this again. Don't watch it again. I Just take my word for it. Anyway, it's not important because, yes, the next thing we see is another van. Not unlike the van that, the, that they took her away in. Pulling
0: up and it, at first I thought,
1: why is a guy bringing a Christmas tree out of
0: the van? Is it Christmas? Someone's got some serious stock in these vans.
1: You yeah. Know. Well, picture card guy had like three of them. Yeah. Hey, let's just use them all. <laughs> <laughs> just make some decals. Put some decals on that one. I could yeah. hear the producer. Just put, just, just make a new graphic and it's in a whole new van. No one will even knows.
0: By the way, does it take less time to put on a, a wrap than it does to paint it? Uh, No, it's about the same time. But just to put the thing, you got to wait for the drying time. So at least with the, yes, with the wrap, you can, with the rap, do, it. You can
1: go do it overnight. Balloon salesman.
0: There's a guy with a. There's a clown coming to the door with balloons. You know, he comes through there, and and this is the first time we get to see the pulse rifle. Yeah, the rail gun. The real gun. I, look, uh, I guess there's uh, some interesting moments in there, you, know, you just see some cool effects with the with the gun and the X-ray and yeah, and the vapor trail that the gun leaves and everything. It's kind of cool looking.
1: And there's a ton of balloons, man.
0: There's a lot of balloons. Lucky
1: it's Arnold or he might have flown away if it was like another actor like Andy Dick.
0: Speaking of flying away, I'm like six or seven episodes into Gotham. Yes. And then I'm in, in between us talking about it and, and last night, watched an episode with the whole weather balloon thing mm. where he's like chaining them up and off they go, right? Yep. The dude was totally pulling a dark man. Like the way that he had him like all, you know, they, mm-hmm. they had him all costumed up and wardrobe up. I'm like, oh, that was so good. Nice little nod. I mean, everything. Just, I mean, even the face covering was really cool. And I just thought. Yeah, Gotham's fun, man. You're going to dig it. Oh, dude, I'm like at the point right now, like where, I don't matter. It does I mean it matters, but I'm finding myself not one to talk about racer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) let's keep forging forward. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a four hour silver bullet part two.
0: No, we're already at 56 minutes, dude. Good lord! Yeah, where's the fast forward button on this?
1: All right, so look, he he uh, saves
0: her. So he saves her and stashes her in New York City, right, in some apartment, right? And then cut. We're on a jet with James Caan. Yep, and uh, weirdest weirdest piece. I was like, where the fuck? What happened? What just happened? I feel like something got cut, or something wasn't shot, or I don't know. That's what I get for buying a four pack, and they cut part of my movie out. (laughs) Uh, And we're all the better for it. (laughs) Uh, Probably. So Kruger's up on a plane with the, I guess, Woodseck has a whole bunch of planes and, and, yeah, we got an army and, of them. Right. 747 and uh, deputy Monroe, Danny Nucci. He's like, he's the one for some reason. He's the one giving Kruger the, the rundown. Like, yeah, we got, yeah, we got a, a plane here on the East coast. So we got a plane in the West coast. It helps us, you know, deploy witnesses faster. Blah, blah, it helps blah. us be bicoastal. And I'm like, wait, why are you the one telling anybody this? And why are you telling him? He doesn't care He's the top eraser in the game He knows everything already He knows what this fucking plane is Except that James Conn is a douchebag Shut up Danny Nucci
1: (laughs) He just doesn't know his old buddy James Conn is bad
0: I don't like Danny Nucci anymore He needs to be murdered in this movie On that plane that he's so fond of
1: Yeah, totally, poetic justice I
0: would rather watch that too (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I'm not going to say you're wrong (laughs) Well, so anyway, so some more um, silliness shit here. Uh, Jimmy Conn says, hey, dude, so uh, uh, eyewitnesses are getting murdered, you know. Oh, they're not on the plane yet. Remember? Aren't they, like, meeting him?
1: Nah, they are for us. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter why they're meeting. They're just they're uh, on I'm the plane. Gonna, all
0: right, I'm going to sandwich some shit together. We're on a plane and because Jimmy Conn says, hey, man, people are killing, uh, killing our witnesses. No one's killed uh one of mine yet or one of yours yet, but we have to go rescue one of mine because she's on the list, blah, 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 blah. And I have to go to some remote cabin to kill some mercenaries that that uh, Jimmy Kahn's witnesses being stalked by. Whatever. I have to go. Right? Yep. All the all, all the guys, you know, call her on shift, brand new Danny Nucci. And this is where we find out something terrible about Jimmy Conn. Yeah. This is where you find that Jimmy Khan's a bad guy because he kills his own witness. He also, yeah. he also kills, he kills one of the mercenaries. Own, a few of them. But there's a nice little exchange there, which I'm going to stick in right here. You're late. You're late. It's, it's a better line this movie deserves. Yeah, it's a good line for another movie. Right. So you have to figure out which one of the ghostwriters did it. Yes. <laughs> it's selling like a John Milius line to a meme. Yeah. It sounds like a line that Arna would have used in a different movie. In Conan. Right. <laughs> the destroyer so oh if look we find out uh chibi khan is a it's a douchebag i'm like oh because <laughs> that's a revelation you know this movie made me want to watch more than anything else i mean i mean anything other than this but i want to watch thief really bad when i after i watch this it's I, funny you would say that because
1: i had ju- i just dug thief out a couple of days ago for unknown reasons and now i understand why
0: see your cinematic soul was saying you need to
1: cleanse. <laughs> you know it's funny I just watched another James Khan movie which I actually really like um it's you know kind of like a movie that nobody ever talks about is Gardens of Stone. Coppola's uh Yeah. And I thought Khan is great in it. I mean he's I mean you know, Khan is great
0: most of the time.
1: Yeah, most of the time But I mean you know then yeah you know, there's a handful of things where it's just like eh. Dude, because you tell me he's not great in Honeyman in Vegas, I'll slap you. Yeah, I would not never say that. Right? I mean, that's where he's like, you know, <laughs> that's where that's where the kind
0: of mean, douchey James Caan is at his best. Yeah, because of what's so, and that's that part in Honeyman in Vegas, it was like you empathized with his loss. And you get, yeah. why he's, you get why he's doing what he's doing, even though when he starts doing some shady ways of doing it. Like he he was he was gonna he was almost he had almost convinced her without doing any of his shady bullshit. Yes, I mean granted the setup was shady. I mean, yeah, they, they cheated at poker. False so. pretenses, sure, but but still, he still was able to convince her. I and mean, I'll say this again: I love the movie and everything, but that should've been a red flag for Nick Cage, man. If she's so easily swayed by money, and you don't have any, well, yeah, maybe she's not the right one for you. There you go, Jimmy Con, off into the sunset you go with my ex. Who cares often in the sunset you my ex and the flying elvis's utah chapter yeah by the way that little elvis in there that's bruno Mars. oh is it that little elvis you see in yeah in bruno mars I mean, he's a little a wee lad I, I i'm finding here we are 63 minutes in and we're finding about other movies to talk
1: about yeah i know it's rough <laughs> this might be worse than silver bullet <laughs> Should we just scrap this? Because I don't know
0: if it's going to be usable. Oh my god! I don't know. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me look at my bullet points. Let's see if there's any comedy that can come from any of this. Okay, come
1: on now.
0: Once they once they've dispatched uh, uh, Jimmy Kahn's witness, they're all back on the that special Witsec plane, Eastern Division, or where the fuck it's. Pronounced. Yeah, whatever. Do east, and they get a ha- they get again some more ham fisting with with some visuals. I'm like, come on, on uh, your your audience isn't that fucking stupid. Arnold walks up and grabs a bottle of water. And as soon as he grabs a bottle of water from, no, from the ice bucket. (laughs) Right. Jimmy Conn, who's behind the bar, by the way, a Woodstock plane with a bar. Right.
1: I was kind of like, Oh, this is the moment. (laughs) Oh, actually I know what happened now. His character from honeymoon in Vegas, went to, went to work for them, you know, and he was using his money. It was his plane.
0: And he's like, all my planes have a bar, wet bar. Would you like
1: something? (laughs) I'll
0: kill them all. So as soon as John Krueger Camp gets his bottle of water, uh, Jimmy kind of immediately takes a bucket of water and ice and puts it underneath. Oh, and when one of his boys walks up and no, 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 you'll like this better, which is back into her fridge product placement of a can of Pepsi. Bam. Have that it was weird too. He opened it for him, which I thought was bizarre. Like he opened the can of Pepsi for him and handed it to him. Yeah. Oh, I lost you. No, no, no. I'm here. You're just like you're just like. Why are we still talking about this? I'm like
1: uh, I was thinking about it. I was like, um, uh, yeah, okay, okay, yes, yes, you're correct.
0: It was still like, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, dude. You know when all all we need to do is just cut to Arnold drinking his water, right? Yep. Let him drink his water and then get dizzy and then oh now right. we know what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, so as as John Kruger Mellencamp is getting ready to pass out when he recognizes that he's been drugged, he uh, sends out a text message. <laughs> That's, I say he sent out a page, which is text message speak. Right. Back in 96. Immediately, as soon as that pager goes off, Vanessa Williams sees it, grabs her shit, and pieces out. Dude, gets the fuck out of Dodge. What? And she didn't hesitate, man. She was gone. Hopped in a taxi and off she went. And at this point, like Jimmy Conn's like taunting John Kruger. And he's like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch. Tell me what's going on, John. Where is she at? Make it easy on everybody. You're wrong. Oh. Yeah. And then he He passes passes out. Completely drops his phone. They look at it. They find out he cleared all the phone numbers out. Insert on the water bottle. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Dumping onto the floor.
0: Right. That's going to cause mold. Yeah. That's all I could think. That's a lot of mold. And it was considerably fuller than it was before he dropped it. Right. He drank almost the entire bottle and then he dropped it and it was full again. Magic bottle. You have to stay hydrated. Must stay hydrated. (laughs) But then what happens? Jimmy Conn goes up front and goes, "Uh, hey, did you guys track that call?" Oh yeah. It's like, well, why'd you make a big deal about looking at the fucking phone? Right? Why were you throwing if, if a tantrum? You had, if you know your boy up front can track the call, yeah. Just like the whole thing with the bucket scene and cut the Just don't even put it in there. Uh, this movie works better. Cut it out. He grabs a bottle of water, cuts, it, and you walk. Arnold goes sit down and drink his water. Same thing with this. Cut out the shot where they was talking about, not how he cleared out the numbers on his phone. Again, 96. What? You can have a you can have a portable phone, 96 that stores the phone numbers? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here.
1: Oh, you know, the other thing too is the only good thing James Conn does in this movie is shoots Jenny Danny Nucci right after the water bottle insert. No one heard the gunshots, or I guess they were expecting it. I'm not sure. It didn't shock anybody on
0: the plane. Oh yeah. Right. And well, he puts a seat back on, I go, why does Danny Nucci notice that he's about to lean back into a, a bulletproof vest? Right. Uh, he did a good job kid. Why did he, he was trying to convince his boy, John Krueger to, to side with him. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, we can do this together. We can become rich. He was trying to convince him, even though he knew he couldn't be swayed. Why didn't he give Danny Nucci the opportunity? I don't think he liked him. I think he probably seen The
1: Rock and thought he was terrible in it, and fucking just put two into him. Maybe so. You're not John Leguizamo. If it was Leguizamo, maybe he would have made the offer. Is what I'm gonna say.
0: Well, no, because he was too busy. He was too busy making executive decision. <laughs>
1: You're right. They were probably making these movies both at the same time, just around the corner on the lot. Yeah, totally. They were probably on like you know, one's on stage fifteen and one's on stage uh, twenty.
0: Yeah, even though even though this movie racer was shot quite a bit on location, New York and uh, where else, uh, DC. Yep. The entire uh, zoo scene with the with the reptile display, with the giant terrarium, was that was all done on. Uh, I'm not sure which soundstage it was, but it was all done in Burbank yeah Wonder Brothers studio I'd say
1: it's probably stage I think that's fifteen the one that has the false floor where they shot like uh where they can fill up and shoot with
0: water above water yeah it's not a it's not a very uh it's not it's not one of the it's one of the bigger stages but it clearly didn't need it unless they did some some other stuff with it but anyway yeah where are we at again <laughs>
1: they just killed Danny Nucci and uh she peaced out and now the plane Arnold's about to wake up
0: yeah Arnold's starting to wake up Krueger. You did a he did a very bad thing, John. You killed Deputy uh, Monroe. You son of a bitch. Yeah, Terrible of you. Awful. You suck. Maybe
1: that's yeah. why they killed Monroe, because he wanted to blackmail him into siding with him. And he's like, look, man, I, we can overlook this. Uh, we'll throw your gun, and we'll throw him out the plane. Whatever.
0: Yeah, well, they could have done yeah. anything. But the thing is, he didn't even give him a chance. You know what I mean? He didn't like, like when he starts giving them the pitch, do this, do this together. It's when he's coming out of it. But at that point, Dunci's dead. Oh yeah. You're right. Again, this is just an editing thing. If you edit some things around a little bit, it makes more sense. I don't know. Whatever. You know, Nucci was good and alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Before he wasn't. Another plane, another plane crash movie. Was he one of the first ones to get eaten? I think so. Yes. I believe so. It's been a long time. Italian food.
0: Right? Yeah, Italian. So Arnold's coming too, and then when nobody's looking, he's like, oh, fuck all that. Pulls the emergency door. Emergency <laughs> exit door. Goes fly out there. A little bit of... Uh, Throws a chair. Fighting, fighting with people. Just like two of the previous movies that involved guns and planes and doors being blown off. And Oh, man. But I think it's easier to say that uh, this movie falls prey to the fact that there's so many other movies that it's trying to be And unfortunately, the stuff that they took from those other movies, they took the boring stuff from those movies or they took some good stuff and they made it boring.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I I feel like, you know, maybe we had just seen it so many times leading up to it. By the time we got around to 96, it was like, eh. but I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I still find more enjoyment in Drop Zone still is fun to watch passenger 57 those other movies just I don't know it, maybe it just had a fresher take or you know by the time
0: this rolled around it was real stale and it still it just you know it didn't age well so boom an undramatic and <laughs> unexciting airplane stunt right Arnold jumps out the, out the back of the back of the plane somehow doesn't get caught up in the the engine that he blew up by throwing a seat into it yep somehow the amazing strength of Arnold Schwarzenegger pulling a 12-bolted jump seat out of an airplane. I mean, look, you really think that the the seat closest to the emergency exit is going to be that easy just to pull off its hinges?
1: I'd hope not. Otherwise, uh, it might pull itself out if
0: the door was to blow. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, Arnold, he's pulling uh, Ethan Hunt, right? He's hanging out the back of the, he's hanging off to the plane, and he finally just has to let go and chase after the umbrella. <laughs> the umbrella, isn't it? His parachutes. Yeah,
1: it might have well <laughs> have been an
0: umbrella. <laughs> Uh, John Kruger Poppins. <laughs> Krueger Poppins. It's like a breakfast cereal. So he's able to catch up to it because he duck dives. Again, the reason, this is one of those moments where I'm just like, oh, man, dude, uh, maybe we've seen this too often. <laughs> like you said, in general, leading up to 96, but I think we've seen it like four, three or four times now in the last five movies you watched. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've seen this before. Hell, it's probably the same stunt guy. He catches up to the parachute and he puts it on and he pulls the chute and he's like oh, okay so good and then jimmy Conn's up there and tells the pilot up in the car turn it around
1: turn it <laughs> like just overacting like a motherfucker i want his face on this windshield He puts a gun to the pilots he's gonna he's gonna shoot the pilot in the back of the
0: head do it i dare you <laughs> so so then they do this ridiculous Wide shot, yeah, it's pretty awful <laughs> of the plane turning almost like sliding, yeah, totally like it's a Tokyo <laughs> drift time <He's laughs> just, air drift, air drift. It's <laughs> another so cone out of I it. Mean, what does Arnold do? Oh, yeah, I think the smart thing for me to do right now is I'm gonna pull up my gun and start shooting. So he's <laughs> trying to shoot the pilot, and I think he hits him. I think, oh, yeah, I totally blows the yeah. both wind, blows both windows out.
1: I think he shoots the pilot. Did he shoot the pilot? Well, somebody had to land the plane. So maybe he shot oh, yeah. the co-pilot and he shot yeah. Khan in the arm. Yeah. And then they just can't keep they, all that wind in their face. They they fly a little too high and somehow miss him. But he gets gift in his own shoot.
0: Yeah. And he finally is able to clear himself of, of the main shoot. And at the last moment, pulls the emergency shoe just enough to break his neck. <laughs> yeah, right. He falls on a truck. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't. He doesn't break his neck like he probably would have if no. he pulled a shoot the last second like that. No. We saw what happened to Korn Nemec. Right. He had terminal velocity, dude. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I, I, and he pulled it like 40 feet before he hit the ground. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. You're dead. Right? Without, without hitting a car. Yeah. And then the next thing that
1: happens is uh, we get the two kids. One of them looks like Alfred from uh, Lethal Weapon. Right. And the other one just happens to be Bernie Mac's oldest daughter from the Bernie Mac show. She's so
0: great. Yeah. She, uh, I, I recognized her immediately from Ghost Dog. <laughs> right. So she's so she rolls up and I'm like, oh yeah, it's fresh, fresh. She's in this. Yeah. She was, yeah. It's another one of those moments where you're kind of like, I know why it got wedged in there and it's cute and everything. I'm like going, but pardon me why I'm going, can we follow them now? Yeah,
1: totally. Cause the rest of the movie, like this is where they hand it off and this becomes
0: a kid and a dog movie. I want to see what the kids do with the with with the parachute. And the
1: fifty bucks that they does any give them fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. I 50 think it's a cold, bucks.
0: The little girl just went. He goes, "Oh man, I'll take that parachute." And the little the older brother's like, "Give me money <laughs> and fifty bucks." The dude just fell out of the sky. He goes, "Yeah, but he's on you know he's in Philadelphia.
1: It's worth fifty bucks."
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Kruger gets a gets the their dad's truck and off he goes. Right? Yeah. In, was- in exchange for fifty bucks and a parachute pack. Yeah. Bargain. Their dad's going to be pissed. But everybody's like hauling ass now because uh, Jimmy Kahn and his team have deduced that, oh, she must have gone to... She didn't go to Atlanta. She's in New York. Yeah, because that's, oh yeah, that, that, that important uh, moment where Cougar tells them like, she's in Atlanta as he's passing out. She's like, in Atlanta. Because he's been on to... We should point that out. He Kruger's did kind been,
1: of catch on at
0: the cabin. Cougar has been on to him since the cabin. And then now he knew for sure
1: Right, once he was poisoned, and he, yeah, he figured it all out real quick when he woke up and everyone was dead, and they told him he killed somebody. Sharp guy.
0: Anyway, so they all end up at the... They keep calling it the, the New York City Zoo, but it's sent, they're playing it off as a Central Park Zoo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, they didn't get the rights to use the name, but whatever.
1: Right. They called it the Central Park Zoo. Would have been awesome.
0: But this, this whole meeting start it has happening right? So the zoo is shutting down anyway. All, all the 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 witsec baddies show up to try to snag her, and uh, she ends up having to shoot this one guy, pretending that he's uh, one of Kruger that like Kruger sent him, and she so she shoots him in the leg. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and now uh, she goes running. And... I try to shoot him in the leg. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh man! I'm just gonna keep it dropping
1: references to better movies. It was paint. <laughs> it was paint. Like this.
0: Like that. Just like that. Roger, this is a special forces tattoo.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Well, while we will never cover a lethal weapon, we always cover a lethal weapon. I have a feeling we pull a lot of sound bites for this episode. Yeah, good. Uh, it'll help because there's a lot to be cut out. Uh, right?
0: So some zoo shenanigans. Crocodiles or some alligators and then Schwarzenegger shows up to save the day and they get to the reptile display and he puts a hole in one of the alligator displays and now they come flowing out. And Because, you know, I love the fact that at least they, he didn't go, I'm out of bullets and then I got one left, let me do this. No, he just goes, hey, that's a good idea. Let's go ahead and it was mostly a distraction thing. I don't think I really thought, hey, you know, I'm going to put a hole in that glass there and all the alligators... Very large alligators, yeah, like huge, like saltwater crocodiles from the coast of Australia. <laughs> right, like they're, they're such a size that you think to yourself, why would anybody in their right mind, for in the sake of safety, would put these things anywhere where people were eye level with them, where something as easy as a bullet could break the glass and yeah, there you go. Yeah, why don't they use some of that bulletproof glass that they had at Cyrus, right? Yeah, absolutely. What the hell? Oh, we're going to, aren't we going to see that soon? Oh yeah, we're going to see that soon. Well, we are. Oh gosh, we are. We're not even there yet. God, this movie just goes on forever. <laughs> Fuck, it's long. And this is where Jimmy Conn says, all right, John Krieger, Mellencamp, and uh, Lee Cohen, they're fugitives, damn it. <laughs> they're on the run. I want a hundred mile radius. <laughs>
1: You know, the one thing about this movie that's remarkably is how the score is unmemorable. Is there a score? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, I feel like a lot of these sequences, you help with a score, but I don't, I can't recall any score in this movie. Uh, I just, I'm thinking about, I'm just replaying that whole sequence in my head with the, in the, with the, with the, with the the alligators. And it's just like,
0: ah, um, yeah. Uh. Oh, no, there's no way, Alan Silvestri, no, oh, yeah, I do remember seeing his name at the beginning, yeah, but dude, yeah,
1: I don't know, man. It's just it's uh, I don't know, it just didn't i, I it didn't it didn't land
0: on me, that's for sure, there's nothing there I mean I, I, to see his name out of all the names, I'm like, wait, that's not right, is it? I guess it is, sure, I guess so, uh, but yeah, man, i, I
1: again i I scored like nothing, like I think about all those. You know, all those earlier Arnold movies, that was one of the things that you know,
0: always had great scores. So Kruger tells James Coburn, like, hey, damn it, I'm not a bad guy. It's it's your it's your boy Jimmy Kahn, and I'll call you back when I have proof. Here's what's funny. What does the disc that she have ha- show that Jimmy Kahn's a bad guy? I yeah. I mean that's what they're I mean, I know I know the kind of proof that they're going for, but what they're alluding to is like your boy Jimmy Khan's a bad guy and I, and I and I'll call you back when I've got proof that Cyrus disc isn't gonna show that. it's going to, and by the way, if they're doing some shitty dealings with access powers or the fuck they're doing it with, why is that something that's recorded anywhere? Yeah, no doubt, right? Why why is that why is that invoice C in accounting? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah, and because, right some poor accountants <laughs> like
1: how, how how do we pay this?
0: John Kruger says the only way we're gonna be able to get you know we have to have proof to Clear our names so we don't get murdered. They decide that the only way they're going to get to get that 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 proof again. I don't. We don't know what proof it is. We don't know what what they're going for. I mean, really, was there some kind of list there? Come on, give me a break. Exactly. But they know that the only way that they're going to be able to check the disc right is to get back into Cyrus. But we already know what kind of ridiculous bullshit it takes to retrieve any information in this place. You have to go into that vault, and it's very secure they're going to have to find another way of doing it. How the fuck does Jimmy Khan and his team know was this way for a Cyrez? They're going to go back. Why would they think they're going to go back there? Right. And why would they go back there? Why? Nobody knows. Nobody knows that there's a second disc. Nope. Unless, unless did
1: they figure it out when she tried to sign in that maybe she made a backup?
0: Maybe that's what it was. I think it was what? because
1: it did alert some people and that's how they knew okay. that. Uh...
0: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So let's go ahead and say, they, let's say they're there 100% aware of the second disc and just to stick out some dudes there just in case they show up there. But why the fuck would they go back? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's a pretty
1: elaborate plan, but maybe that's all the setup. They're going back only so that they can go retrieve Robert Past- Pastorelli from yeah. the drag bar that uh, where he works in New York City.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Which leads There's... to a
1: weird, like that whole weird, I see, I would rather seen a movie about that. <laughs>
0: Right? Robert Why Pastorelli
1: uh, being, uh, you know, set up with a new life as a bartender in a drag bar.
0: Yeah, my blue heaven too. Yeah. Usually in 96 or in the mid 90s, this kind of moment was always put in there just to kind of be, you know, put in some homophobic bullshit in there. And I got to say, out of all those times that that's happened, I didn't feel like it was like, it wasn't cringy. No, not at all. Like it, you would have been in most movies at that time. No, actually, I thought it was actually kind of a funny scene. And it actually, it kind of works. Right. I agree 100%. And then like Arnold doesn't like give him weird looks or anything. No. Like, oh, what? He just goes, what? He cares about me. He worries about me or whatever the line is. Right. And out of all the moments in the movie, it was it was intentionally supposed to be funny. And it was funny as opposed to um, some of Arnold's terrible one-liners. We're getting there. So they, uh, so they give uh, Pastorelli, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get back into Cyrus somehow." Pastorelli pretends he's a pizza delivery guy and goes in there and throws some shit in the, the lobby, creates diversion. Thing when everybody's looking, he throws a couple of Alka-Seltzer in his mouth so he can foam. Now, <laughs> have you ever licked uh, Alka-Seltzer or had one in your mouth as a goof or whatever? Sure, uh, it doesn't do that. No, not <laughs> like that. You don't have enough moisture, and yeah, exactly. in exactly. Your mouth. To you put alka seltzer in your mouth; it sucks all the moisture out of it. Is what it does. And if anything, if anything, you're probably going to choke. Right. Not- your throat <laughs> might close up. <laughs> look at the, look at the back of an alka Alka-Sister package. It tells you not to do exactly what he does. Right. And there's a reason for that. Anyway, they start. He starts freaking out, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you know, he's he's having a oh my a...
1: gosh, he's having a something. Get him to sick bay, Bones.
0: Wow, that big place
1: has got an infirmary. Yeah, totally. I, that's that's what happens, right? They isolate you there. You can quarantine
0: right inside the Zeris building, the Xerxes, the Xerxes building. Xerxes International. Off they go, and they go, I'll oh, call 911. So who shows up? Oh. John Kruger, Mellencamp, and Lee, this psychic. Yeah. I think it's funny that he's not wearing any sunglasses, but she is. Yep, and he's got a hat pulled down over his eyes and keeps his head down. Because, you know, they're not going to be looking for him. Nah, <laughs> not at all. I used to work here. They're going to know, they're going to have my face in the system. Right. Because they would never think to put his face in the system too. Nah. So all that facial recognition shit. Right. In 1996, it doesn't exist. Yeah.
1: And it doesn't work if you're wearing sunglasses. Right. Don't you know that? Yeah. Because it shoots a reflection back at it and then
0: it creates like an infinite mirror. So it's just, you know, and it destroys the whole thing. Which is cinematic bullshit. Because guess what? I can have my sunglasses on with my iPhone with Face ID, and I can still open my. Phone. Yeah, well, see, sunglasses, movie nonsense. But you know what doesn't work when I have my mask on.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, so right, they sneak in. He's uh, now he's strapped to a fucking bed, and Cameron Manheim's, uh
0: looking at him. He he unplugs the cable out of the thing, and right and in the in the good thing, flat, lines. flat lines. He flat lines, and. I mean, how unobservant is she?
1: Right, she can't tell the fact that why she's trying to shove the fucking bite thing in his mouth that he's fucking he, moving and he's looking at that, her and he's screaming. That he's, that he's fighting her? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he's dead. I gotta, come on, lady. It was, it, again, something that was maybe tried to play for laughs and yeah you know and they three times they shock him it wasn't funny like the first time and then the second two i just was like i, I got and when schwarzenegger burst into the room with a gun i was like please kill her and she's like oh terrorist
0: <laughs> again not funny not funny uh anyway so they find out once they get upstairs uh into uh these donahue's terminal the whole time they're running security trying to figure out where they're at because the, the disc there is being accessed and the, and they, they get, uh, they're scanning the whole building, trying to find out where she's at because she's not in, in the vault. I'm like, oh how did they get past her? Oh, they, When he forgets his passcode and then con just goes, fuck this. And then grabs his gun and shoots it. I I almost get a feeling like James con ad that in the ad and they put it in the movie because I think when she puts the code in, I think the door was supposed to release in the movie. You know what I mean? I do. I think it was an unintentionally not opening. I don't think that was the plan. Just, just my feeling.
1: Yes, I feel like the special effects guy <laughs> like they couldn't get the door open,
0: and so he yeah, added that. Maybe he just maybe he was just goofing. Then and then Chuck Russell goes, yeah, do that. Just shoot it. <laughs> All right, so I need a squib on this. <laughs> you know, I want to blow this thing open, whatever. Anyway, so they're upstairs up in Donahue's office, which which they never consider the fact that maybe Donahue could see this stuff. If they're able to trace the fact that the disc is being accessed, how come they can't? They And they knew she was doing it from her home earlier. So how come they don't know that it's coming from Donahue's office right in the beginning without them having to, you know, whittle it down? Come on. Yeah, you have cd burning capabilities in <laughs> 1986 damn it yeah and you sell a rail gun this thing doesn't exist and you don't it, it, never mind whatever yeah so they find out there was there's a shit ton of money exchanged for uh the, some weapon sales to some russians because makes me think this, the script is older than probably then
1: right and then and then they throw in that line later on about they're not Russians anymore. They're
0: black. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's Russian Mafia because here we are again with Russian Mafia ever since the fall of the USSR. We have to. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, Oleg Krupa playing uh, Sergei Petrovsky. Now he's the man. We see his face come up on this computer screen like he's the guy that bought the thousands of weapons. And what's weird is he's like the Russian. He looks like the Russian Cameron Poe. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Oh, man. Why couldn't we get him running in slow motion with his hair all wet? (laughs) Right? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's probably. There's plenty of explosions for him to run in in front of, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, man. Missed opportunity. I guess because there hadn't been a Con Air yet. John Krieger Mellencamp calls up Coburn and says, Hey, I got your proof, motherfucker. Jimmy Con's a bad dude. He's a piece of shit. I'm at the dock, be there or be square. I'm going to stop this shit from happening. Well, they don't know what to do from there, but Cass Pastorelli goes, you know what? My cousin runs them docks. Yeah, man. Watch this shit. Here we go. Check this shit out. Hold my beer. <laughs> Jump forward a little bit, but has his little reunion with his, with his cousin, Tony Two Toes. They start running their, their mob scam saying, hey, you know what? You got to need union guys. And so they infiltrate the whole transfer of guns onto the ship and and then start causing problems man so now it's not just it's not just kruger get kruger's got the help of four or five mafia dudes yeah some big ones that worked out the docks yeah big smart ones so kruger along with his mafia buddies they uh make quick work of everybody (laughs) and
1: hey and it sort of turns into it looks suddenly it looks like um the whole sequence with the rail guns and all that, it reminded me of the scene where Reese falls asleep and has a flashback in the first Terminator. I don't know why, but that's, I was like, did they intentionally do this? Cause all the green lights coming off the guns and the dudes sweeping and then, you know, they're military and it, you know, for a moment I was like, Oh, it's kind of, and then, and then that moment was over. Yeah. Yeah. And they're fighting on top of a sea container. Right. Full of weapons.
0: Symptomatic community,
1: right? I mean, again, I was like, "Oh God, is somebody going to get crushed by this?" <laughs> that's what I thought. I was literally,
0: I was like, "Someone, why didn't, why didn't we get that?" Yeah, why didn't we just get that? Because, right, again, I tell you, they're taking parts from other movies, but they're not taking good stuff.
1: Yeah, they're taking the worst part. They're taking the the lead up to the best part of it, and that's it. Like the fact that like they both fall with the container, and they're both not dead, and like especially after Khan has been crushed by the container door
0: right? You know, I, I know Arnold's been shot. And he's had a drill bit in his hand. Yeah, and and, and I, I know he's pulled out this big, massive chunk of splintered wood out of his right thigh and, amidst all of this. I mean, is that enough to cripple him to where Jimmy Kahn beat his ass that much? No. Never. That's what I'm saying. Not that version of Jimmy Con. <laughs> no. I don't know any version of Jimmy Con. He ain't Sonny Corleone. This, this scene is actually okay, but it's like but at this point, you've already tuned out. You don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't care who wins.
1: <laughs> right? I'm just like, oh, God. Maybe they're both going to die when they fall off. Like, she's going to live. And then, you know, there's going to be like a, you know. This movie is rated R.
0: Is it? Can you tell me why? I don't know. I had
1: no idea. I thought it was a PG-13 all the way.
0: No. Yeah, well, what do you do about that at this point? It's like, it's, like, it's rated R what? Because you say, because James Cromwell says fucking in it? I
1: guess. And then maybe there's, maybe it's because of the, maybe there's a number if a certain amount of deaths equals uh, R R rating. I don't know. It's just,
0: uh, this is rated R man. Where's my, where's my gore. Right. You know? And then I knew with with uh, this whole thing taking place at night at the docks, I wasn't going to get it.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. Right. And then now they're fighting on the crane and it fall. I mean, even that, I mean, it's, You know, I mean, nobody, Khan's like barely, I mean, he just looks like he's dirty. (laughs) Right. And, you know, uh, anyway. So then, then, so they're, yes, now everybody rushes in
0: and makes their arrests. We cut to. The steps of. A courthouse. Yeah, looks important. Ooh, what's going on, man? Uh, there's like there's like press everywhere. Oh, look, Jimmy. Yeah. And we know Jimmy Khan's life is spared because he's like going, basically, you know, Arnold's like, fuck you, I want you to go to trial. Yeah. Right? Comes out there, says some... Some patriotic bullshit speech. And he's with his cronies. He's with everybody who's involved in him. We saw him at the beginning, all the dirty people that didn't end up dead in the dock scene. As they're kind of standing there doing their thing, they're walking towards their limo. In the background, you see... Schwarzenegger and and vanessa williams kind of walking out he's like you did a wonderful job you know whatever he says you were very right good in there yeah. <laughs> i'm assuming she was she was on the stand yeah, i'm guessing she thing. testified
1: against him yes right
0: that's what she assumes happening right there right you, that's the whole point of the line right you did a good job in there right and yet when jimmy is t- jimmy Kahn's talking to his guys he's like going yeah you know but she's got to make it she's got to make it to to testify, I'm like, well, she just did, didn't she? Then that was she, which sh- they can't convict us without it, without te-
1: without her testimony.
0: Like, she just did. She just what was she doing there then?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I
0: was a bit confused anyway. So, they're all they get in their limo, and you see Schwarzenegger, Vanessa Williams get in their car, they cut back to the limo. They're all kind of looking at the van, the van explodes, boom, another explosion. Same van, hundreds of people around. You got you got witnesses that are part of the press. You got witnesses up there, people are just of interest, and they got witnesses that are just extra standing around, yeah, they certainly do. Anyway, so off they go in their, in their limo, and boy, man, Jimmy Khan is as cocky as ever, man. He's gonna get away with it, he's so sure of it, yeah, like, you know. And and uh, the dude that's in that's in Con Air, not Con oh, Air, uh, yeah,
1: no, no, Con. I'm talking about the 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 um uh, the, the the chairman of the board,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I've forgotten yeah. his name. Already. Yeah, whatever, doesn't, doesn't matter. That guy. But but again, it's it's the same guys that we saw him in with the last time that threatened threatened uh DeGarren's life, saying, "Hey man, if you don't kill him, you're a dead man." So it's all those guys, the the same peeps, the same bad guys you've seen all along. Whatever. Yeah, because Chinlin's
1: dead, so it's it's just it's uh, James right. and Andy Romano, and uh, that guy, and the other guy,
0: whoever, somebody that doesn't matter that guy <laughs> sorry guy oh no he's in Under Siege also too but you haven't seen it so you don't know who yeah. Andy Romano no the the guy whose name we're not remembering yeah Andy Romano's in Under Siege as well is he? is he really oh yeah I feel like it was like the
1: Warner Brothers stock villains from the 90s I bet these guys are all in they're in all of those movies I bet if I looked at Passenger 57 half the dudes from Race are in Passenger 57 because it's the same stunt people see how not into this I am that's uh, okay, man.
0: I'm not into it either. So anyway, so the, the 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 limo stops, and they're like, "Hey, you son of a bitch! What are you doing? Stop in the car!" And the window goes up, and the the privacy glass goes up, and they like, hey, you just you're, where are you going? And then here comes Pastorelli. Hey, he's oh, hey. a limo driver. That crazy and, Pastorelli. And as he's walking away. You you realize that you left them on the on the railroad tracks, and, he, and the phone starts ringing. And uh, Andy Romano answers the phone, and he goes, "Hello, <laughs> he hello? Says, hello, hello. Who is this?" <laughs> oh, it's for you. <laughs> it's for you. And he hands the phone to Jimmy Khan. Because you've just been erased. What? Yeah. <laughs> and he rolls the window down, and there, and there's he wins the the battle of the odds, and happens to look out the the proper window at the right time instead right. of looking around and sees Arnold there.
1: Right, that's there. a very John Kruger Mellencamp ending, right? You know, little yep. pink houses right on the railroad tracks. <laughs> <laughs> little pink
0: chunks. of Little pink and chunkies. <laughs> and of course, they can't get out. Yeah, and like, oh, I love the the, the some of the looped in audio there.
1: I don't want to die. <laughs> right, there's a bunch of hollering and screaming and screaming and hollering. Sometimes the shot goes away. That's where John Milius probably came and wrote all the screaming dialogue. <laughs>
0: I don't want to die. No kidding. Obviously, and they can't get out, and we get our last explosion of the movie because of the immediate impact of the train. The limo explodes, but it's great before they get hit. Like, Arnold kind of waves to him, <laughs> right? Gives him that little. <laughs> he walks over and gets in the car with Lee after the after the limo explodes. A little Jackie and O wave. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in 1996, so he's got to give her one more time. He tells her they caught the train.
1: Yeah, see, it's funny. I totally even missed that. I think I, I think, I think the moment the car blew up. And here's the other thing: the limo is stuck on the tracks. The train obviously has a, but it doesn't even try to stop. Like they didn't even like throw in like the sound for. They just like fuck, we're crushing them. No. Oh, eat the rich, damn it. Yeah, they knew that that was the the one train that wouldn't stop for anything. So that's why they chose that track. Uh, sure. Eat the rich, damn it. Eat the rich. <laughs> Yeah, this movie would have benefited being ended with a Guns N' Roses song. I think so. Yeah, man, they could have put on Mr. Brownstone, anything.
0: Ooh, that would have been a good ending. <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> Who's been dancing with Mr. Brownstone? And that is The
0: Eraser. Do you want to, want to follow us on social media so you can send us hate mail? <laughs> you can follow Corey on Twitter, at Corey Culp, or the official at Karate Pod. Or letterboxed at Corey underscore culp.
1: If you want to follow Freddie, you can follow me at Raven Shattuck on Twitter or Rock and Roller33 on your Instagram or Mr. Brownstone at letterboxed.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> He's going to give you the bone, 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 bone. <laughs>